You're listening to Bariatric Life Podcast, a podcast about weight loss surgery. Chris and I are not doctors, nor have we ever played one on TV. We are sharing our personal views and opinions only. Please always follow your doctor's advice. Follow us on Instagram at Bariatric Life Podcast and at Amanda's BSG. Thanks for listening, and now on to the show. Hello and welcome to Bariatric Life Podcast. This is Amanda. And this is Chris. And this is a two-week follow-up episode about my plastic surgery and what has the goings-on been since I had my surgery. Yeah, it's been... The first week was relatively calm and benign. The second week, a little less calm. The last 24 hours have been fun. I've been, I don't know that fun is the right word. Shit show, circus, clusterfuck. Yeah, those are more appropriate. <laughs> By the way, we've, I personally have had about four hours of sleep in the last 36 hours. You're probably not too much more. Yeah, so we're a little sleep deprived and slap happy. And uh, this is going to be a fun one. Buckle up. Buckle up. <laughs> So, when I got home from Mexico on that Sunday, I almost immediately fainted. <laughs> well, so to clarify that, we got home after our four-hour flight from San Diego back to Nashville. Then we drove home, got home, and decided to do something with the faja, which we recently learned is Spanish for girdle. Yeah, so we'll use those words interchangeably, as well as compression garment. Yes. Those are the three words I use. So you had, we had undone them. I think you were changing your faja to the... I don't remember what we were doing. We uh, were taking it off for some reason. Were you showering? I don't, or maybe you were going to look at the incisions or... Yeah, that's it. We were, we were going to inspect the incisions and we were going to... Uh, replace the the surgical gauze oh, on the that's drains. Right. That's, that's what we were doing. That's what it was. My yep. I was draining significantly from my side, where my drains enter, and it had gotten kind of gross. And so Gnarly. we we are going to change the the, the dressing. Yeah, the dressing, the dressing, the dressing. <laughs> Again, slap happy. Buckle slap, up. Slap happy. It only gets better from here. And. We took off the faja, and I went to use the restroom, and I came back, and then I told you, oh, by the way, some people either faint or throw up whenever they take their compression garment off, and you said, which one are you about to do? (laughs) And you went, what? All right, let, let's sit down on the bed, and you sat down, and and I'm sitting there going, are you okay, or do you need anything? And I put my arm under your, my hand in the middle of your back, I said, well, let's lay back. And you lay back, and you went. And fainted. Which... I hadn't really had enough time to process the fact that you said you might faint. And I'm not going to lie, I freaked the fuck out just a little bit. Just a little bit. Especially when you came to and said... 
What did I say? You said, I was talking to you. Why didn't you respond? Oh, yeah. Was I talking to you? And I said, no, you were just making weird blah, blah sounds. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, fainted. And then there's been the annoyance of the drain and draining it. And the murder tubes. Yes, I've decided that they're called murder tubes because... If I'd been just right, it feels like somebody's stabbing me. So I try not to bend too often. But I was getting frustrated with not being able to walk up uh, straight up. I mean, walking upright. upright. Thank you. Goodness. And I felt like I wasn't walking enough. And then I thought I was walking too much and resting too much and also not resting enough. And it was mentally draining Mm -hmm. and I spoke with my therapist and we decided that I was doing exactly enough for for that moment. I was walking as much as I could. I was resting as much as I could. It was very helpful to talk to her about it. And that, so you spent your first week in Mexico in the recovery house. Right. And then you came home, you were here for a week. And during that week, it was trying to get back into some normal swing of things. Yeah. Trying to walk upright, trying to just walk up the stairs. I mean, it was a... There were days where you were Hercules and and just were unstoppable. And then there were days where, like the day of your work holiday party, like that just wore you out. Yeah. I did go to the work holiday party. I didn't... Like, and when I say holiday party, it was all of us in the conference room, like jibber jabbering and playing games and opening presents and stuff. It wasn't like dancing or anything, (laughs) but I sat in my chair and I was a good girl. I didn't do anything strenuous and I didn't work, Yes, but I did want to participate in the, in the gathering. So I did go. And that was fun. And we went out to see the Christmas lights. Mm -hmm. That whole day was just full of stuff. It was. That's what wore me out so much. Because we drove like an hour to go see the Christmas lights. The Dancing Lights of Lebanon. If you're in the Nashville area, highly recommend. Ten stars. Ten stars. And then we had gone out to dinner, and then we had to drive an hour home. It was just, it was a big day. Yeah, by the time we got home, that was an exhausting day. Yeah. And so, like you were saying, I was trying to get into some kind of normalcy and whatnot. And earlier this week, I was standing up pretty straight, Mm -hmm. and I got on the treadmill a couple of times just for like five minutes each. But it felt so good to be able to move my body. And and not not walking your normal pace, but getting up and doing walking for the express purpose of exercise and rehabilitation. Right. So that's been a topic as well, is whether or not my walking for recovery was considered continuing my walking streak. And both your therapist, and I agree that it is. I am an enabler, she is not. (laughs) So if she agrees with me, it's all good. When I talked to mom about it, I kind of got the feeling that she didn't think my streak was continuing well but you, she also walks at like 
15 miles an hour for an hour and a half every single day. She, she's biased. Yeah. <laughs> she can't be trusted. And she's not an enabler, so. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse my cough. So that brings us to Tuesday, which was exactly two weeks from my surgery mm-hmm. and was considered yesterday. Is it? I think so. I mean, I, I still think it's Tuesday. I'm not 100% sure. Well, you're also on vacation now, and I'm on medical leave, so we have no idea what the day According is. According to the ER guy this morning when I came back to the ER, he said it was Wednesday. So. Oh, well, okay. So today's Wednesday. Yesterday was Tuesday. So Tuesday, exactly two weeks from my surgery, I had taken a shower. There was a spot on my bandages or the tape rather mm. that under the tape well the tape itself was okay. was gross right it was it was gooey gnar- yeah that's a good way to describe it yeah and i was kind of concerned and so i lifted the tape a little bit and i'm like something's going on here and we finally decided to take the tape off because it seemed really angry and like there was a situation a brewing mm-hmm. and what had happened was where they did the pubic lift there's like a t-junction there like an upside down t mm-hmm. and part of the skin where the junction is had separated from that line and i immediately start freaking out yeah and chris says i had a mild panic attack uh, you did because so you get out of the shower and we're <clears throat> looking at it. You're sitting on the the edge of the bathtub and we're looking at that and patting it dry and you start having a a I see a panic attack coming just because I know what it looks like when you're starting to panic. Yeah. And so you kind of slide I bring you off the edge of the toilet and then or not toilet the bathtub onto the floor and you're kind of you've got your head laid against the edge of the bathtub with a towel and you um very briefly faint so I fainted again. I've never been a fainter. No. And, and I have fainted twice in a week, basically. And I think this faint was 100% panic attack uh, related. I don't, I don't think it was like originally with the Faha where you can say, oh, blood pressure, this, that, and the other. I think this was a legitimate, the area looked angry. It looked like there was a problem, and I think naturally, because if I was in your shoes, I would have freaked the fuck out. Oh, thanks. But. You say that now. I do. Well, it's my job to be calm and collected in the moment to help you get through the moment, and then I freak the fuck out later. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. I'm the rock in the moment, and then later when nobody's around, I lose my shit. (laughs) (laughs) And then I rebuild it, and I come out, and we we go on. That's that's how it works. I briefly fainted again. Yeah. And then when I... Came to. Yeah, came to, I just immediately started throwing up. Yeah. 
which that was, so you were laying or you were sitting in the bathroom floor and I could see you starting to throw up. And so you're, the way our bathroom is situated, you're on the left-hand side, I'm in the middle, bathtub is behind me, and then the toilet is kind of to my right. Solid four and a half to six feet, I can't really measure, uh, away. I realize as you're about to throw up, that it's not possible for me to get out of the way and you to get to the toilet <laughs> in time. <laughs> so he go-go gadget armed and grabbed the trash can and <coughs> held it there in midair for me. Very sweet of you, by the way. Well. Once I was done doing that, laid in bed for a little while. You said you have to lay in bed for at least an hour. Mm-hmm. And it was longer than that. It was. It was long enough for me to finish my Star Trek episode, Smoke, and then come in and start dinner. Yeah. So I just laid there. I didn't mess on my phone. I didn't do anything. I just watched Golden Girls, which is very comforting for me, and rested. Well, then I get to looking at the pictures that you had taken Mm -hmm. of that spot, and I sent it to... I'm a part of a chat with ladies that had surgery the same day as me. Surgery sisters? Surgery sisters, that's what it's called. And I had sent the picture to them to get their opinion, and a couple of them were like, you need to go to the ER. And I I was kind of thinking along those lines myself, but I also don't like to think like I'm overreacting or Mm -hmm. whatever. So I was thinking that, but like I thought I was overreacting, so I didn't say it. Well, then when other people said it, and you got to looking at the pictures, and you're like, yeah. We probably ought to go. This is pretty gnarly looking. Let's go to the ER. So, di- dinner, that was weird. It was. I th- do I? It was. I thought it was like a cat or something no, at first. just the just spare a, chair. Just a chair. Um. So it's so, about 6 o'clock on Tuesday night. Dinner just finished. Yeah, we decided to go to the ER. And there's a bunch of people in the waiting room. I figure we're going to be waiting for a while. But they actually got us back pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's right before we left, I go and tell our kids, Hey, mom's got a thing. We're going to go to the doctor and have it looked at. I think we'll be back and, you know, we'll be back when we're back. But... And we're we're going to go have this looked at. Dinner's on the stove. Don't burn the house down. Don't kill each other. And this is not the first time that I have grossly underestimated the wait time or time involved in an ER visit. Yeah. If you're ever going to the ER, and I don't ever want this to dissuade someone from going, but... Expect at least a minimum of 12 hours. <laughs> right. And and I never think that. I'm thinking we go, we spend an hour waiting in triage, we spend an hour waiting for the doctors to come in and look at things, we get an hour for treatment, and then we're fucking gone. Right. No. No. And it's not the first time that I've been wrong in those time estimates. For a place called emergency, they move very slowly. Like, there's not a care in the world. 
And I know that I wasn't, like, gushing blood. Like, it wasn't a huge emergency. It 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 wasn't life-threatening. No, it wasn't. But and and as we passed the urgent care for a very brief moment, I thought maybe we pop into urgent care. And I thought, you know what? No, there's a lot of uh, extenuating circumstances with this wound. We need to go and 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 have a an ER doctor and an ER staff and an ER facility available. Yeah. And I still don't regret it and I still don't think we overreacted and I still think it was well worth the time that we invested in it. I know you disagree. Yeah. But <clears throat> being there and, and this is this is what I was thinking about on our way home today. If it was truly life-threatening, shit would have moved a lot quicker. Yeah. If it was necrosis, Shit would have moved a lot quicker. So the fact that it took for fucking ever is actually a good thing. I guess. So we get there. They do labs. Comes back. I have a little bit of infection markers. Yeah. So your your white count was 12 and a normal is 10 to 11. Yeah. So it's literally the definition of slightly elevated. Right. And they decided to do a CT just to make sure there's nothing else brewing underneath what they can see. Well, then that took like three hours. Yeah. Well, it took three hours for them to come get you. And then 10 minutes to do the test. Yeah. So they ordered. We got there around 6.30ish. We decided we get back there around. According to Life360, it was exactly 6.30. Okay. So then we get back there around 7-ish. I think they drew the blood and and did your cultures almost immediately. Mm -hmm. And then by 8, they had the CT order in. They had the labs back. You didn't go back for CT until 11. Yeah. So three hours. They do the CT. The, The scan results come back fairly quickly. Right. And then... Did the doctor, did he ever come back in? The nurse said he was going to, but I... He he did. So I when I left around 1, Wednesday morning, today, as I'm led to believe, <laughs> um, he, came, he came back around 1 and said that um, there were some things that they wanted a surgeon to look at and that they had called the surgeon... Surgeon would be in, quote, in the morning. Oh, that's right. It was a different doctor. Yes. I was yeah, thinking, it was a different doctor. Never, never seen this guy. I was thinking of the young guy with no personality. Yeah, so we, we had... We saw him once. We had no personality resident. We saw him once. We saw slight personality and uh, philosophical educator attending once. And then we saw... A different attending. A different attending, yeah. At like one with, in the morning. With a wet personality of a personality of like a wet noodle. I mean, there was some there, but just barely. Yeah. I remember him now. He was. Yeah. 
he was uh, he had on a purple mask. Yeah, he, he kind of looked like a. Oh, oh shit! Who's the doctor on the resident? Which one? There's like fourteen thousand doctors. The young one. That was dating Nick, and then oh, Con Con Connor? Conway Con- Conrad. Conrad Conrad Conrad. Yes, he looked like Conrad in his fifties. He did, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he seemed all right, but yeah. So they were saying they were going to admit me. They wanted the surgeon to look at it, and they were like, you know, you'll usually get a room around seven ish. Mm-hmm. Surgeon start- usually. Surgeons usually there around seven ish. Okay, fine. Yeah. So at that point, you're like, you need to go home. You need to take care of children. You need to take care of dogs. So I leave. You need a few hours <clears throat> of sleep. Yeah. I leave. I come home. I get home around one thirty. I get dinner cleaned up around two. Dogs put out poke my head in, make sure children's chests are rising and falling. They're still breathing. They're fine. Yeah. Sleep for a couple hours. Get up this morning around 7.45. So I've had a solid four-ish hours of sleep, according to my smartwatch. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, Meanwhile, they moved me to a different ER room. And then nobody ever, like, came in and did anything. Mm-hmm. That, like, we, I did get antibiotics. You got antibiotics before I left. Before you left. You got antibiotics before the CT scan. Yeah. And then... But between the time of you leaving and you coming back this morning, mm-hmm. I... Never saw a nurse. When did they move you? They moved me at 3 a.m. Is when they moved me. And And I met... You didn't see anybody until I walked in. And I met that nurse at that time. Mm -hmm. But then nobody else ever came back. That nurse, the pissy nurse? No. Okay. (laughs) He was pissy. No, it was... super pissy. It was a nice... A nice lady nurse. Okay. Um, So, yeah... Like, nothing else happened. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you get back to the hospital at like 8.30. Yep. We still haven't seen a surgeon. I still haven't been put in a room. Yep. And then the surgeon, or the hospitalist. Is that what she's called? No, the dude that came in that said, oh, I have- Yes, yes, okay. I vaguely remember him. I may have been fired. Yes. That guy. He was he was funny. I liked him. I liked him too. He was not fired. He just probably fucked up his password. Probably. But yeah, he couldn't get into the system. But he told me that on the CT that there was a little bit of infection, but nothing that was too crazy. Yeah, there was no abscess. There was no deep uh, infection. It looked to be all subcutaneous, superficial yeah. um, issue. Yeah. And that was what, like nine, maybe? Mm, probably about nine thirty. I think I'd been there for about an hour. No, because it was 
a while after. No, oh, you're right. It probably so, was right around nine because it was it was pretty close to when I, I I got there. Yeah, and then the surgeon comes in. She's looking at it. She's talking about doing a debreeding, debreeding, debriding, debraiding, debraiding. We've we've argued about how to pronounce this word for like a day and a half now. Debreedments. Debrading. Anyway, that they were going to remove the dead stuff mm-hmm. and then suture it back together right. at that T-junction. Which is kind of what you had expected and, and thought was yeah. what was needed and what was going to happen. So that was, okay, so she said she was going to talk to her plastic surgery colleague. Let's call that 9.30. Yeah. So we saw the hospitalist at 9, the surgeon that was called at... One. Earlier than that. But anyway. Yeah. So the plan was to have surgery. And my plastic surgeon from Mexico finally gets back to me. And he is very against an additional surgery. So let's, just to clarify things, you had sent images at, you sent those pictures I took right after we got to the ER or before we got to the ER? Okay, so we left here, you know, probably around 6. It takes about 20, 30 minutes to get there. So they would probably already gone home for the day. Yeah. By the time they got them. So when they, when we say finally responded, it was probably a first thing in the morning. They just walked in the door opened their email, looked at the images, looked at your text, and went, holy fuck. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was it was still, it was like... Because they're two hours behind right, us. Right, I was about to say it was like 7 a.m. Yeah. there. And so around 10-ish our time, which would have been 8 Eight-ish, their time, the, yeah. the surgeon, my plastic surgeon was like, no this does not need surgery it's going to complicate things we can treat this at home Mm -hmm. and he was very against me having an additional surgery that it would compromise the whole right and and result as they had as they had said is the way the sutures were done if you tried to take that one segment and do a, a modification and then resuture it would it would be like pulling on a string on a on a sweater and it just would completely unravel not like oh my god my or to quote elizabeth you're it's not oh my god i'll have this giant open exposed belly but it would separate the skin yeah so i'm sitting there with these two conflicting opinions opinions Chris and I talk about it, and he is like, we should listen to the plastic surgeon, the person that actually did the work. Yeah, the guy that knows your body and not just human bodies. Right. Somebody that has actually been inside my body. (laughs) I really don't like the way you phrase that. I know. But you're, you're right. I mean, your gynecologist had the same last name as me, so, or us. Yeah, and he'd been inside my body as well. Before me. Before you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now 
I'm sad. <laughs> so we we talked it through these differing surgical opinions and mm-hmm. decided to trust the plastic surgeon that did the work. Mm-hmm. And they said that we could treat it at home. It's superficial. It doesn't need surgical intervention at this time. Yeah. Do this, this, and this for three days. We'll reevaluate. Trust us. We know what we're doing. We were there. We did the work. Yeah. And just for a second opinion on my part, because I was so confused as to what to do, called my mom to see what she said. And she was like, if you can avoid an unnecessary surgery, you know, why wouldn't you do that? And you need to trust the surgeon that did the work. And so there, you know, that's exactly what Chris had said. And so, oh, doggies are barking. Might be the SO again. (laughs) And so um, we decided we were going to decline the surgery at the hospital. And we told the nurse, the cranky nurse that, and that I wanted to be discharged. That was at 10.30. Yeah. And he said, okay, I'll let the doctors know. And they walked out and... Kind of slammed the door. I was going to say, in my opinion, slammed the door. Like a angry, pissy... Teenager. Teenager. Yeah. And I mean, I, I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he was having a long shift. Maybe there was other shit going on. But from a patient's point of view and from a patient's spouse point of view, it was unprofessional. Yeah. And I don't put a whole lot of, you know, pomp and circumstance on professionality. Professionality? Professionalism? Yes. Thank you. That's the word. (laughs) I mean, I'm a very blunt to the person or to the point kind of person in my field. But I even, I found it as unprofessional. Yeah. And if I find it unprofessional, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah, it did seem like he like slammed the door a little bit. Yeah. And so he leaves. And... An hour goes by. An hour goes by. We still haven't talked to anybody. Nobody's so, come in to pop their head and make sure you're still alive and breathing. And so we paged the nurse again and he was like, well, I told the doctor. The doctor said he'd be here. And that was... That was at 11. That was, no, that was uh, 10.30 or 11.30 because it had been an hour. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. And yeah, so he was just like, well, I told him and then leaves. And And at this point, we're like, look, we're, we want to be discharged. We understand. We acknowledge it's AMA against medical advice. That's fine. Bring me the fucking paperwork. Let us sign it so that you're covered, we're covered, give us our shit, and let's go. Right. Another 30 minutes goes by, nobody comes by, so we're both just annoyed and frustrated and over it, and so we pack up our stuff and we go. Yep. We just walk out the door. We take off the O2 monitor, we take off the ECG monitors, they'd already disconnected your... Um, IV at yeah. that point. So that was disconnected, not removed the port, but disconnected it from the, the pump. Yeah. So we get dressed and get dressed, walk out the door like we were supposed to. Yep. As, as we're walking out, 
you were like, I don't know, what do we do? I said, the key is you just walk out like you're supposed to. Like, everything's fine. I felt like it was a jailbreak or something, and I was going to get in trouble, and... As we came to find out, it kind of was a jailbreak. (laughs) So, on the way home, and granted, I still technically have the IV in my arm. At this at this point. At this point. And on the way home, I'm getting phone calls from numbers I don't recognize, which are probably the hospital. I'm surprised they actually realized we were gone. Right. So we when we left, we closed the door. <clears throat> and I mean nobody nobody came in to check on us. The only time people came in to check on you was when you hit the button saying, Hey, come here. Yeah. Please. So it, it's not like uh they were doing a, a routine check in, hey, you still alive, you still breathing, you need anything. So my phone's ringing off the hook. I'm refusing to answer it because I have anxiety. Fuck them and fuck everything. And I have anxiety. We get home, Chris takes out the IV and one's swift motion, not a big deal. I put Properly on- we with a with a cotton ball and a, some <laughs> surgical tape to go over it. I, I was raised by a nurse. I, I know how it's done. I put some jammies on, get in bed, and next thing we know... Well, so then my phone rings, <coughs> and I look at it, and I say, oh, this is probably the hospital. And I ask you, do you, <coughs> do you want me to answer it? And you're like, no, fuck them. And I looked at you and said, you know, if we don't answer this, they're going to send the sheriff out here to do a welfare check. (coughs) So you get... It wasn't. Five minutes later. Yep. There's a knock at the door. You're laying in bed. Got the faha back on. (coughs) Laying in bed. Comfortable. There's a knock at the door. I go and look through the the peephole. And sure enough... There's a Rutherford County Sheriff's deputy. And I just walk back to the bedroom door and poke my head in and go, Sheriff's here. (laughs) Go back, open the door, walk out, keep the dogs from coming out. And it was exactly as we said. It was a welfare check from the Sheriff's office. They got a call that said, essentially, you absconded with... With an IV in your arm, and they were freaking the fuck out like it was a dirty bomb. Yeah. So he comes in the house to lay eyes on me and (laughs) speak to me, and I reassure him I'm fine. (coughs) That's enough. So sorry, I've got a tickle in my throat and no drink to fix it. But, yeah. So, that's where we are now. And I got to thinking, like, from, you know, playing playing devil's advocate, looking at it from different perspectives. Let's look at it from the hospital's perspective. At 8.30 this morning, it's a completely different crew than the people that were there when I left at 1 o'clock. Yeah. So, you've got a guy that walks in, kind of knows what room you're in, knows your name, claims to be your husband... Stays in the room for several hours and then takes you briefly, abruptly, and briskly. (laughs) And briskly. (laughs) 
out of the hospital without properly checking out puts you into a vehicle and whisks you away. Whisks me away. And then you don't answer your phone and your emergency contact, i.e. me, doesn't answer their phone. From the hospital's perspective, it could totally look like an angry, controlling, abusive husband dragging his battered wife out of the his hospital. Poor, pitiful wife. Back to the house. That has an open wound. <laughs> and then I'm that same person that identifies as your husband is then talking to the sheriff's deputy outside of the house. Like, he needed to lay eyes on you. He yeah. needed to see you that, you know, uh, you're not tied up and gagged in a basement. <laughs> we don't have a lot of basements in Tennessee, though. Yeah, we do. In middle Tennessee. Yeah, we do. Not Tornado a, shelters. Not a lot. Well, but, so then I go to Walmart to get the organic raw honey that... The surgeon recommends we use yep. to clear this up. So I go out, and as I open the garage door, the sheriff is blocking our driveway. <laughs> so I'm thinking, well, I don't want this to look suspicious. There's nothing suspicious about it. There's nothing nefarious. I'm going to Walmart to buy supplies for my wife. So I walk out and check the mail, talk to him briefly, and he pulls around and uh, stops at the stop sign of our cul-de-sac. I get in the Jeep and back out and I leave. And as I'm pulling out of our neighborhood, here comes another sheriff's deputy. That's a lot of deputies for a welfare check. It is. But I'm thinking as I drive off, you know what? They saw me leave. If they legitimately fear for your safety, if they think that you're being held against your will... This is literally a prime opportunity for them to act on it. Yeah. Clearly, I am away. So I can speak freely without my... Angry, controlling, abusive, <laughs> manipulative, caring, loving... Amazing Walk husband. barefoot through hell. <laughs> but they did not come back. They did not. I guess they believed me the first time. Clearly, I've trained you well. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So that's where we are now. We had a visit from the sheriff's department, a visit to the ER that lasted three and a half days, it felt like. It was actually probably like 20 hours, but when you've only slept four hours and 36 hours, it you start doing weird math. And it's just <laughs> all kinds of weird. But in all honesty, we appreciate Rutherford County Sheriff Office. I don't know if anybody listens. I doubt it. But we appreciate you checking on Amanda and absolutely have no frustration. I appreciate the hospital calling the sheriff's office. Yeah. I mean, even though they're in ER service, in my opinion, was grossly lacking. They did have your welfare and well-being in mind. That's true. And even though we absconded without properly checking out, they were concerned enough to have the sheriff's 
office come out to your home and make sure that you were okay. Yeah, that's so I, true. I do appreciate that. And frustrations aside with the ER, they cared enough to make sure that you were okay. Yeah. So. So that's our two-week check-in from plastic surgery. It's been wild. I still have the murder tubes. You still have the murder tubes. You do not have the IV. I took it out. And hopefully we'll take the murder tubes out in a couple days. Depending on what the... Output. Yep. Output looks like and the surgeon says. And then we'll dress those wounds accordingly. Yeah. So they're wanting us to use organic... Organic? Yeah, that's a word. That's not a real word. Organic raw honey on the wound. So I got to, like I told you when I came back from Walmart, like honey never expires. It's antibacterial. It's antimicrobial. Like it's legitimately the perfect paste to put on a wound to help heal. Yeah. And I, I know it was used in... You know, ancient Egyptian times, it was used, honestly, up until Common Era. And even in, since then, Middle Ages. So it, it makes sense. I But I never, never would have thought to do it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. So I'm hopeful, and we'll, we'll see what happens. It's 100% organic, raw, unfiltered honey at... $22 for eight ounces. Was it $22? It was $22. Oh my God. <laughs> That's crazy. It's worth every penny if it helps. Yeah. I'm interested to see what these hospital bills look like. You know what? That sounds like a 2023 problem. It really does. And it costs what it costs. They'll get paid when they get paid. We'll do a payment plan. There, You can't put a price on your health. Aw. Aren't you sweet? I try. All right. So we hope the last 41 minutes have been entertaining. I'm sure that over the next week, we'll probably have some more shenanigans to discuss. I hope not. Oh, you know how our life goes. (laughs) So. Love you guys. Have fun. Be safe. And happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Boxing Day. Oh, I forgot about Boxing Day. Happy New Year's. All the the things. Love you, mean it. Love you, mean it. Bye.